Hey there. You. Yeah, you. Welcome to Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. It's a book. And a podcast. And it's available pretty much wherever podcasts are found. The book is also available on Amazon. But don't go buy it. The podcast is free. And a much better experience in general. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this right now... You already have a podcast app of choice, and you've already found me. My name is Tyler, by the way. Not Tyler, by the way. It's just Tyler. Martinez, I guess if you're into last names and stuff. A better explanation of this Dark Days of Dorothy Gale thing is that it's a vicious and mature retelling of the L. Frank Baum classic, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. It's told with a sinister smile and a wicked, dark sense of humor. There's a little bit of sexual content, a little bit of blasphemy, and a fair amount of violence. So, listeners or readers, uh, use your own discretion. If you're not into the horror thing, that's okay. I get it. It's not everyone's jam. But that doesn't mean there isn't anything here for you. I also read The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. So, if all you want is a free audiobook, that's great. I am here for you. Seriously, I don't even put ads in front of those episodes. It's pretty much a public service for anyone to enjoy. I even populate it with funny voices. Most weeks, not all weeks, I do a chapter or two from my book, Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, and a chapter or two of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, followed by a special aftermath episode in which I compare and contrast my book with Baum's classic. Sometimes it's just a rambling look into my writing process and inspiration. I realize that discovering a podcast is easy, but really getting into it can be difficult. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale has officially reached and surpassed the halfway point this week. That means I'm 62 episodes in with 62 left to go. I know it's daunting. You stumble onto this show, maybe you're 62 episodes behind and you think you can't possibly catch up. Or maybe it just seems like a chore. I get it. Lucky for you, most episodes are only 10 or 15 minutes long. Some barely even scratch 5 minutes. And if you think about this as a series on Netflix or Hulu or something then it's really not that weird to go back to the beginning. If you're still listening, and still not sold on starting from the beginning, that's okay. In just a minute, I will be giving you a halfway point recap, where I attempt to bring you up to speed. I'm only going to recap the Dark Days of Dorothy Gale episodes, though. So if you're curious to know what happens or has happened in the wonderful Wizard of Oz up to this point... I'm sure there's plenty of summaries out there you can read. I guess if you really want, you could go back and just listen to all the Aftermath episodes as well. Come to think of it, that's a great way to get caught up. Why am I doing this recap thing? Oh, right. (laughs) 
I'm a narcissist that likes to talk. And it's more convenient for you, the potential listener. But really more the narcissism thing. Oh, and if you've been listening every week or have caught up from the beginning, thank you so much. It honestly means a lot to me. So much more than you could possibly imagine. Also, a reminder, Dark Days of Dorothy Gale is a reimagining of the book The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and not any other iteration of the story. Okay, so here we go. Previously on Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 1 wasn't really a chapter. It was an epilogue, at the beginning of the book. I know, I know, what can I say? and found Dorothy running through the Green Palace, trying to escape the Tin Woodman's wrath. All that was left of the Scarecrow was his head. Dorothy found herself hanging on to the side of the castle wall, while saying that age-old line, There's no place like home. Of course, the Woodman shows up and agrees. Chapter 2 wasn't really a chapter either. It was a prologue. We meet the two Munchkin brothers, Fink and Frank, discussing the best way to kill a witch as they watch Mombi the Wicked in the distance, picking flowers only to make them wilt. It's very vaudevillian, and I love it. One of them suggests dropping a house on her. The other one says that's stupid. And, of course, that's when Dorothy's house, followed by Dorothy, falls from the sky and crushes the witch. The real chapter one is titled Lothor. Dorothy meets the two Munchkin brothers who are about to bury her out in the middle of nowhere because they think she's dead. She wakes up screaming before the munchkins can drag her out of the house. That's when we meet Lothor, a shape-shifting warlock with a penchant for rape and necrophilia. He tells Dorothy not to be afraid of the munchkins, because munchkins can't hurt anything. Seriously, they can't hurt things. He also advises Dorothy to take the ring from Mombi's cold, dead hand, and gives her some general information about the Land of Oz, and her current location, known as the Greys. He tells her of the wizard and lets her know that he's her best chance of getting back home. Dorothy takes the ring, because I think shoes are outdated and dumb, and it binds itself to her. It also directs her on where to go with a shimmering golden yellow light. It also gives her the unique and coveted ability to enter and exit the greys whenever she wants. Also, there are other gray areas. She gathers up some supplies in an old backpack, and heads out to see the wizard. You know, that wonderful Wizard of Oz? Also, Lothor gives her a super special book to deliver to the wizard. Chapter 2 is Scarecrow Part 1. Dorothy is wandering through the forest, as a person does. She comes across a small cabin in the woods inhabited by a large ogre, as a small cabin will be. She drops her backpack in the process of hiding from said ogre. The ogre then grabs it and puts it in the cabin before leaving. Not willing to go anywhere without it, because it has that book from Lothor, she enters the cabin and finds it, along with a crucified scarecrow hanging on the wall. She rescues the scarecrow, and they exit stage right. Or left. Or whatever it is Snagglepuss says. They really just leave through the front door. Dorothy finds out her book is missing from the backpack, so she goes back into the cabin. The scarecrow advises against it, but begrudgingly offers to be the lookout anyway. While she's inside, the ogre comes back in and kills the scarecrow with a giant Silent Hill pyramid head style sword. He notices Dorothy's new ring and lets her go. She takes the scarecrow's body with her. 
Surprise! The Scarecrow isn't dead! Turns out he's just like a brand new video game on release day. He just needs to be patched. Luckily, he has an infinite spool and a never-dulling needle, so he can always be fixed. It's kind of like that line from Thank You for Smoking when Rob Lowe explains to Aaron Eckhart that any problem can be solved with one line of dialogue. Thank God we created the, you know, whatever device. It's super convenient. But that's not to say he can't be killed by fire or a good old-fashioned shredding. Chapter 3 is The Seamstress. There's a young woman living in the forest, happily awaiting her husband's return from a hunting trip. She's lured into the forest by the sounds of a crying child. She finds the child, a little girl, crying and asks, What's wrong? And that's a pretty big mistake. Child turns out to be Mombi the Wicked. Mombi informs the seamstress that her husband was a child-raping monster, so he had to be killed. There's some gross-out violence here, some dialogue between the two, but ultimately the seamstress runs home fearing for her own life. Chapter 4 is The Scarecrow Part 2. We witness the creation of the Scarecrow. We witness his childhood, for lack of a better term. He wanders off into the forest one day and gets lost. He finds himself coming home to the wrong house where he has a run-in with the ogre. That ogre that ends up holding him captive and abusing him for years. Until Dorothy comes along and saves him, that is. Chapter 5 is The Tin Woodman, The Living Forest, Part 1. Turns out the trees are alive, and they don't much care for their fruit being eaten. The gluttonous Dorothy takes more than she eats and throws away the rest. She and the Scarecrow get attacked by trees, the Scarecrow gets his head ripped off, Dorothy is about to have hers ripped off, and that's when the Tin Woodman shows up and saves her. There's a great big tree fight here. That's not a fight between multiple big trees, but a big fight that involves a tree. The Woodman wins, of course, Dorothy fixes up the Scarecrow, and the three of them are on their way. The Woodman silently takes note of Dorothy's fancy ring. Bum bum bum... Six and seven are the Saga of the Tin Woodman, part one and two. We get some backstory on the Woodman's pre-tin life. Basically, his wife wanders into the forest. I know, what's with these people wandering into a deadly forest? Doesn't seem like anything good ever comes of it. He goes out in search of her, only to find Mombi is up to no good. Turns out the Woodman's wife, Beatrice, ate an apple. And that's, of course, a pretty big no-no. Mombi takes Beatrice away, and the woodman, his actual name is Nicholas, gets angry, so Mombi curses him and turns him into a man made of tin. I say tin, but I really just mean metal. He runs back home as a growing storm threatens to rust him. Eventually, the woodman has an ash of the evil dead moment, where he decides he's going to sharpen his axe, and his fingers for that matter, and wreak bloody or sappy vengeance on the forest in search of Mombi and his captive wife. Chapter 8 is The Lion. Dorothy is attacked by the lion, saved by the woodman, attacked by the woodman, and saved by the scarecrow. The woodman has a mental break here and becomes the villain. In the end, he takes on the lion as a traveling companion, leaving Dorothy and the scarecrow behind. Chapter 9 is The Deadly Poppy Field. Dorothy falls prey to the deadly poppies because the scarecrow, now called Mister, can't remember what it was the seamstress told him about the flowers. He tries to save her, but ends up ripping his arms off instead. Chapter 10 is the Queen of the Field Mice. Mr. Scarecrow enlists the help of a queen. The Queen of the Field Mice, that is. 
She calls forth a legion of mice, and together they use the infinite spool to craft a rope in which they use to pull Dorothy out of the poppy field. Chapter 11 is The Warm Welcome. Mr. and Dorothy stay the night with a nice munchkin couple. She learns a little bit about the Land of Oz and the Great Wizard. She is also entertained by the story of the Great Munchkin War. Remember, munchkins lack the ability to cause bodily harm or hurt things. It's kind of a silly war. Chapter 12 is the Cold Farewell. The Tin Woodman and the Lion show up in the middle of the night and kill Dorothy and Mr.'s munchkin hosts. They also kill the Queen of the Field Mice. They leave Dorothy and Mr. alive, vowing to kill anyone that helps them. Thirteen is the river and the stork. Dorothy and Mr. are at an impasse when they find themselves at a large river. They find a bridge, but as luck would have it, the woodman found it first and sabotaged it. The bridge collapses into the river and takes Mr. along with it. Dorothy follows along the riverbank until it leads to a waterfall, at the bottom of which Mr. is impaled. They are both rescued by a large stork and carried to the other side. The lion kills the stork and runs off. Chapter 14 is Nitfis. It's a spooky abandoned city and probably a terrible place to stay the night. So naturally, Dorothy and Mr. stay the night. Dorothy has an intense nightmare full of violence and premonitions. 15 is that much closer. Dorothy and Mr. travel through a large canyon in a largely pointless chapter. We find out she is deathly claustrophobic here, though. Chapter 16 is the Green City of Emerald. Our travelers finally reach the City of Emerald. They meet the Guardian of the Gates, a nasty little man who informs them that they must have special glasses clamped and locked onto their heads if they wish to enter the actual city. Upon arrival to the Green Palace, they are told they will each be granted an audience with the wizard, one at a time, and only one a day. They are given separate rooms with all the amenities. Chapter 17 and 18 are The Great and Terrible, Part 1 and 2. Dorothy meets the wizard as a big giant head. He tells her he will help, but only if she travels westward to the Grey Desert to kill Krista the Vile. Mr. meets the wizard as a beautiful woman who pretty much tells him the same thing. Chapter 19 is The Road to the West, Part 1. Mr. gets a new outfit, and they set out west in yet another largely pointless chapter. Chapter 20 is Ildayed Part 1. Dorothy and Mr. enter the strange and quirky city of Ildayed. The munchkins here are actually winkies. They all seem friendly enough, but none of them actually greet the travelers with spoken words. They are, however, greeted by a man named Reginald. He's not a munchkin, and he's not a winky, but instead a tall, human-sized man. He talks a lot and walks with a bit of a spring in his heel, I mean step. Dorothy offends him, and things get weird. Chapter 21 through 25 are Reginald Part 1, Reginald Part 2, the third floor in the Patchwork Girl, the second floor, and the first floor Reginald Part 3. I know, the chapter naming conventions are terrible, and I apologize. The sun has set, and Dorothy is taken captive by Reginald. She is informed that the streets of Ildayed are dangerous after dark. She's also informed that the Winkies can neither hear nor speak. Reginald agrees to let her go, but if she wants to leave with Mr. Scarecrow, she's going to have to find him first. Oh, and she only has until sunrise to do it. If she fails to find him before sunrise, she must stay with Reginald for one more day. 
Dorothy searches Reginald's mansion frantically, only to find Mr. confused and waiting patiently at the front door. They are about to leave when their host shows up and points out that the sun has risen and Dorothy has failed. She spends the day listening to Reginald talk about his time in Oz. He predates the wizard, is from London, and was once known by another name. A name that demands respect. Jack the Ripper. He's Jack the Ripper, everyone. Once the sun sets, he holds up his side of the deal and lets Dorothy and Mr. go. Chapter 26 is Il Dyed Part 2. As Dorothy and Mr. are leaving town, they are confronted by Reginald in the dark streets of the city. It doesn't look like he's happy about them leaving. He's attacked by some kind of strange animal that rips out his tongue. 27 is the road to the West Part 2, with Il Dyed and Reginald behind them. Dorothy and Mr. finally make it to the Grey Desert. The Grey Desert disappears as they try to cross over from the Land of Colors. They find themselves standing among a large number of dead wolves. The Tin Woodman is dismantled and hanging from a branch of a nearby tree. He tells them that he was attacked by wolfmen, sent by Krista no doubt, and the lion tried to escape but was picked up and carried away by a couple of winged monkeys. He informs Dorothy that she might as well give up because the greys are unreachable and if Krista manages to catch them, they will no doubt be exiled and enslaved. Chapter 28 is a murder of crows. Dorothy is attacked by a large murder of crows. Luckily, she's traveling with a scarecrow. He has an incredible Hulk-type moment where he's all like, The secret is always be angry. And he kills all the birds. Chapter 29 is The Path to the Grey Desert. Traveling to the desert still, or once again, Dorothy tells Mr. what she knows of world history, American politics, technology, and Jesus. Chapter 30 is the Grey Desert. Dorothy realizes why they couldn't enter the desert before. She's the one with the special ring. She's the one that can enter. She leaves Mr. behind and treks through the strange land of greys, and is unfortunately raped. Yes, Dorothy is raped by a disgusting creatures that live in a moat of sludge before finally reaching the Black Tower. She gets inside, and it's not what she was expecting. Chapter 31 is Krista. Dorothy is, wait a minute, I almost spoiled the next episode. That was close. If you're interested in what comes next, you'll just have to come back later. So smash that subscribe button, yo! Ugh, gross. I feel sick just thinking about saying that. Seriously, though, subscribe or follow or whatever the terminology is these days and get ready for the next episode. The wait won't be too long, I promise. Thanks for listening. I love you all.